You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Bites, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride Podcast. And on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod. Enjoy the ride. Hello, and welcome to the 65th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. And due to popular demand, all three of us are back. This is Tim Hayes, a.k.a. Coach Tim in Orlando, Florida, where I'm fresh off a monorail pub crawl. (laughs) Uh, That's so frightening. This is the little guy. I'm in uh, Midland, Michigan, where I was playing video games with my family. That's pretty sweet, little guy. Uh, and this is Spencer Howe, your third co-host. Uh, I am fresh off a weekend of brapping at the Boston Rebellion UCI uh, mountain bike races that are happening here this weekend. Can we please not talk about mountain bike racing, but instead talk about my awesome monorail adventure today? Guys, I hit all three resorts. And I strawed it the entire time. Pretty sure I'm the KOM wait, 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 the entire wait, wait, monorail. Wait, 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 Hang on. Now, everything I know about monorails... Uh, is from the one that I've been on that's not at an airport, goes from, I don't know, location A to the Space Needle in Seattle, and that's it, like back and <laughs> forth. It, yeah. And it's a one-stop well, this one's shop. Amazing. I thought they were all one-stop shops. <laughs> oh, the, oh, the monorail. Pretty much. Disney. Okay, anyways, I know not everyone wants to talk about monorail hour, but um, there's a lot to discuss. I know there's big mountain bike racing up in New England, mm-hmm. where some friends of the podcast were there, and Spencer, I know you got to talk to a few of them. Yeah, but we're not going to talk about that. Let's not doubt that the Tour de France is here. And little guy, you <laughs> can't see doubt. me right now because you're going off your phone, which is amazing yep. that it's working anyway. Uh-huh. Um, it's a blowing mind. Text message straight now. Hey, I was telling my friend Graham of the podcast. I said, hey, Graham, we're recording the podcast right now. And he says, oh, no, this should be awesome. Tell little guy I miss him and sorry Aww. for ever doubting him. And I love Thanks. his Greenway stories. Thanks, Graham. Oh, good. I didn't know he doubted me, but that's nice. He doubted me. He said that last episode, he was like, I thought I really didn't like little guy, but I actually missed him. (laughs) That's nice. So, guys, where do we want to start? Want to start with some mountain bike racing and then get into the tour? Because that's going to be the the majority of the show. Sure, yeah. Let's knock this out quick because I'm uh, I'm still coming down off my mountain bike high. You guys, I I brapped it. I hucked it. I I sent it. And uh, I got rad. That's the end of my report. Those aren't words. You walked to Rock Garden? Mm. No, Spencer, I gotta be honest. I sent you a text message the other day and you didn't respond to me, but um, I don't know if I really know you anymore because there's a lot going for you. You're racing bikes, Uh mountain bikes. You have Uh a job that you seem to enjoy. Uh And, uh, you know, pretty awesome uh, people there in Boston. And it's just not the Spencer we know. Yeah, you know, no, I didn't, right, I didn't right reply to your, to your friendly text message because it was it seemed like a setup. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is this is out of character for Tim. He usually sends me snarky text messages. So no, it was like seriously legit. So, anyways, no, tell us a little bit about the Boston Rebellion. The Boston Rebellion. So it's a first year UCI race here in uh, in Boston. Uh, they've been doing races there for a while, but uh, you know, I did a quick interview with the promoter to see what uh, see what his story was and get some background on the event and. Uh, actually get some some really low down and dirty information out of him uh, about uh, 
the things that really matter. If you guys want to hear that, I can uh, I can roll the tape. All right, let's listen. Roll it. Right now. Coming all right the way right now. From Introduce Florida. yourself. Uh, my is name is Peter Cloud, uh, the race promoter at the Boston Rebellion Pro XCT. Awesome. For what the, uh, what inspired you to uh, bring a race of this level this to is Eric the Boston Boston. area? Um, kind of bummed out on how things kind of died down here. Mm-hmm. So uh, I wanted to bring it back to the right, glory days of the, the past front, the front, and uh, Victoria, bring some top talent back to the East Coast. All right. So you uh, a mountain biker, a roadie, or somewhere in between? Okay, oh, I'm definitely a mountain biker. All right. Yeah. So who's going to win the Tour de France? The line. I don't even know who's still in it. Dan Timmerman in here. Second I know a bunch of guys like broke bones and crashed, and there's a huge wreck, and somebody wore the shirt in the... Hospital. That's all I know. That's all. That's the last I've seen. How about more importantly, uh, among the three hosts on the show, Spencer, Matt, and Tim, whose team is going to win in Velo Games? Tim. What? Yeah. I can edit this. I know. I know. So let me just say, Spencer. Sounds good. Sounds good. All right. So it looks like a super successful weekend. Tons of people here hanging out. We're about to see the short track pro men's race start. Been good weekend for you? you yeah, it's it been again? good. Yeah, uh, yeah, we're we're already in for next year. So uh, we're just waiting to hear back which date we got and uh, whether we're going to be HC or C1. Nice. So you were a, uh, a sponsor of one of our 16th place um, contests earlier. How yep. much of a um, role do you think that played in the UCI's decision to give you C2 designation this year? Oh, it's completely based on that. There was no way we would have got it without it. And definitely from all the press and everything that we got on on the show, on the podcast, was definitely... Awesome. Why this is this Good. big? Well, we're happy we can help. Oh, thanks. Play a small part of this weekend. Perfect. Yeah, congrats. It's been a great event. Thanks a lot. Okay. Well, that that was real insightful. So yeah. I thought you would like that. <laughs> yeah, I liked it. I, you know, I'm gonna have to do a little editing to make it sound, uh, you know, kind of flow better. Because there's a part in the middle there that I don't. You seem like maybe you weren't listening, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> It's all right. Yeah. Well, we know this. We know the gentleman because uh, you know he sponsored the podcast before with the That's 16th true. place. But let's be honest. All I really care about is Ryan Woodall because Ryan Woodall, the national cyclocross champion, Masters 30 to 34 from Florida, hero. made his way up there, and he Florida beat Jeremy hero. Powers. He beat Jeremy Powers. He's the hero of Florida cyclocross, and I know he was there. Did you get to talk to him? Of course, I got to talk to him. I knew no podcast would be complete. For Tim Hayes without uh, a little Woodall action. I did want to make a sign that said no Woodalls allowed and put it up in the woods somewhere, but I did not get a chance and I'm really regretting nah. it. My uh, favorite thing about Ryan is that every event that we put on at Swift Cycle at Gainesville, we just say no Woodalls allowed because we don't like getting second place. That's yeah. the problem here. Yeah, yeah. well, he's a good you, guy. you should come up to the Boston Rebellion because uh, he did not get uh, the win up here. He performed pretty well, though. He, uh, We'll talk about his race a little bit here in this interview that I'll play, and uh, and uh, we'll see what he has to say about the tour as well. All right, Ryan Woodall, we're here at the Boston Rebellion uh, Pro 
XCT race. Uh, welcome to Boston. Hi, thank you. It's good to be up here. Nice. Uh, how'd your race go yesterday? I went pretty good. Um, you know, I forgot, or at least my legs forgot that it was five laps instead of four. So for the first four laps, I was comfortably up in the you know the group between third place and eighth place, and right there in the mix. And we came through, and they gave us the one to go. And I, for some reason, forgot how to pedal and ended up ninth. But I'm I'm happy with that. All right, pedaling seems important. Um, so who's going to win the Tour de France? <laughs> well, I'm not there, so obviously that takes me off the list. Um, you know, I think it's going to come down to either Contador or Froome. I think those are the two. I I want to say TJ, but we'll, we'll see. Yeah, I'm impressed. You're a mountain biker, but you actually know some roadie names. <laughs> what? Wait, we're talking road racing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so during your back to the race, uh, did you did you? I'm learning about mountain biking this weekend. Did you send it? Uh, I send it. I got boosty. I, uh, you know, I brapped a couple of times. Okay. Um, yeah, it was nice. gnarly. That sounds pretty rad. Cool, dude. Well, thanks for chatting with us. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, you know what I like about that interview, uh, Spencer? You know what I really like about that? Is yeah. that he doesn't mention Colin Reuter or Results Boy. It's just a fantastic uh, interview. He doesn't care about his own <laughs> results. So. Great job, Ryan. It's good to have you. Now, my favorite thing about Ryan is that he's like a regional stud, a regional star, right? Like he can yeah. he can go to any race in the southeast and win, and everyone knows who he is. And he's actually the quintessential type of racer that sponsors should be behind, in my opinion, because you know every mountain biker in the southeast is like, oh, there's Ryan Woodall. Like he shows up to races in Georgia, South Carolina. They know who he is. Um, Robert Marion is another uh, similar. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, beast of the uh, scene, mm-hmm. uh, especially cyclists. Is there uh, anybody up in uh, New England that pulls this stuff? So yeah, we actually have uh, a guy up here that's uh, he's a pretty pretty well liked fellow, from what I understand. Uh, goes by the name of Tom Sampson, and uh, goes by the name like that's not his name. I don't know. That's how I know him. <laughs> is this, Does he have a is mustache? This like when is this like when Vandenbroek nope. or whoever was racing with Tom Budin's license? No, Maybe. that was a. Uh, you know, Tim that, Hayes also signed up as Tom Boonen. <laughs> yeah, Jingle Cross one year. Uh, when Tim Hayes yeah. signed up as Tom Boonen, may have been the greatest moment of my cycling career. Yeah. Because that was in the peak Tom Boonen do, does cocaine um, time, oh. well, time that's, of his see, career. That's a segue for a later part of the episode. Oh, yeah, yeah, we won't get mm-hmm. to that yet. So, so, so anyways, I, did, I, talked to, uh, I talked to Tom a little bit, too, uh, you know, the privateer up here in, uh, out of Vermont, Um he crushed it at the uh, the UCI race. Finished on the podium in third place uh, behind uh, uh, Todd Wells, who took the win up here. So who that was, brought a podium bike up? By the way, Total- Todd know, Wells. I, I thought I'm that racing that under your my- radar. <laughs> I really did think you were going to miss that. Um, I'm erasing his signature from my messenger bag years ago because <laughs> of that podium bike, Todd Wells. Uh, it's embarrassing. Well, let me play the Tom Sampson and see if we'll uh, redeem you. Hi, Tom Sampson. Hey there. About to race a bike? I'm about to race a bike. Cool. It's mountain bikes, yeah? Yes. How'd your race go yesterday? Race went as well as it could have gone. It was awesome. Three words. Can you describe it? No? Did you huck it? I hucked it. Three words. Did you send it? I sent it. All right. Yeah. Sounds pretty good. Who's going to win the Tour de France? Ah, the guy with the, bike, yes. without the arrow helmet. Whoever's not wearing an arrow helmet is going to win. All right, that's legit. I want one of the Americans to win. The guy, 
like TJ Van Garderen. TJ. Do you think uh, I just read that name on Bella News this morning? Nice. It's the only one I could pull out. Do you think our co-host, uh, little guy Matt Allen, can beat TJ Van Garderen in an arm wrestling contest? Yes. Have you seen roadies? They don't have arms. Yes. Yeah. All right. Thanks for your time. You're welcome. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sounds like a nice guy, but let me tell you something. From what I can tell in that interview, he's not Ryan Woodall. Well, he did. Uh, he did have an exciting <laughs> prediction. I mean, I thought little guy. I think you would like that he picked you to uh, to to defeat handily T.J. Van Garderen in the arm wrestling competition. <laughs> oh, good. Is he? He hasn't even seen my arms. That means a lot. <laughs> Well, little guy, you know, we we all know that. I mean, you're three, four weeks into serious training right now. And if you think about it, Taylor's mm-hmm. like, TJ, sorry, is in the midst of like, his body is being destroyed by the strenuous activity of the Tour de France. So mm-hmm. you have the upper yeah. hand. You just need some protein sort of. shakes. Yeah, I've been, I've been, I had a lot of tacos the last two days. So there's a lot of beans. So. Okay. So mountain bike racing seems alive and well. Actually, I will say that the press for this event mm-hmm. on Twitter and on Instagram is far superior to any other mountain bike event I've seen the entire year in uh, the United States. And I don't know exactly why that is. Maybe it's just the people I follow, but it seems that there's a lot of like steam behind this event versus other events that like Bonelli and races out in California. Well, and uh, part of, uh, you know, what Pete was saying um, is that they're already on the calendar for the UCI next year. They're even looking at moving up a level uh, to the next biggest, uh, next tier level race and, uh, kind of aligning it on the schedule to, uh, you know, to entice more people to come. Um, this weekend's tough because it's right before nationals. And, uh, a lot of people were like, yeah, I don't know. If Where's Mountain Bike Nationals? Mammoth. Oh yeah. Ooh. Is that, West, is that West Virginia? I don't know. <laughs> I, mammoth, don't, I, don't you know. I did that with, uh, there's several it mammoths. It sounds really important. <laughs> it's in California. <laughs> Well, that's kind of crazy. California, uh, West Virginia. Yeah, sure. Yeah, right. it's one of the few places I've, oh, I've Guys? one of the few like crazy legit places I've ever ridden a mountain bike. So nice. I will say that the, the mountain biking is exciting, and as much as I love to talk about mountain biking with you guys, Let's and a lot of people are asking about we really ex, know. Uh, yeah, a lot of people, uh, if we want to talk about stuff we really know, let's talk about professional bike racing because people mm-hmm. come to this podcast, um, even though we weren't reviewed on the inner ring. Mm-hmm. Um, website. We are the number one. Got a bias against us. We are the number one news source for for gossip and rumors straight from the source. Mm-hmm. And yeah. we are at the first rest day of the 2015 Tour de France, and they're already talking about Richie Port going away from Sky mm-hmm. oh, God, to probably BMC. And we're already talking about where's all of Europe car going to go. There's a lot of talking here, but mm-hmm. what really matters is Nairo Quintana. Is so put some time in into Bali today in the team time trial, and that if people matter. keep break their collarbones when they're wearing the yellow jersey, pretty soon <laughs> the Bali is going to be in the yellow jersey, and I'm very confident that my Velo Games team is going to come out on top. And looking at results, guys, and I'm just going to stop you from talking at all. I am leading the three of us right now in the Velo Games Fantasy Cycling League. Right, I'm gonna. I, I, I would like to point that out. Congratulations, Tim. You are leading yet again during the first week of every Grand Tour, like you traditionally do. And I am predicting a second week tank, uh, as is also your tradition. So, do you guys want to? So, guys, I know that you wanted to review my team, and we haven't, the three of us, been together. And we've talked about this in previous podcasts. So let's let's go over my three teams. And first off, I have Quintana. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You guys, were you surprised that I picked Quintana? 
Not, no. Not even a little bit. All right, and then no. as you chose... Go pick. I definitely took two other movie star guys to round out the roster. I have Alex yep. Dowsett. Not bad. Yeah, right? Former hour record show. Probably not going to And be then I got some, some four-point movie star guy, uh, Irvetti. Irvitti. Yeah. Yeah. That was a weird, that was a weird deep pick. I That's didn't know weird. if that was actually something. I have Lawrence Ten Dam. I have Ten Dam. He's yeah. fallen down a lot. Yeah, he's gotten me zero points. Um, yeah. I have Zubeldia. Did you guys were you guys surprised that I took Zubeldia? No, only in that it's such a poor idea. But I wasn't surprised that you did it. He's going to get top ten in the tour, so it doesn't. That's matter. That's not true. He's probably already lost an hour. <laughs> I have Leopold Koenig. Surprised? Yep. No. Uh, only again because it's not a good idea because he's he's like what is he like fifth in the pecking order at his, at Sky? No, he's he's got to be second after Froome. He's he's higher up than Port. Oh, yeah. Port's not I even know. on BMC next year, <laughs> or he's not even on Sky. He's going to BMC next year. Speaking of right. BMC guys, I took D- TJ Van Garderen. I took TJ Van Garderen. Yeah. So you did. This, this was I don't a compli- know what to say about that. This was a complicated pick for me. Why would Tim take TJ Van Garderen? And as many of you know, my favorite racers, they tend to every now and then come on hard times. And I was like, you know, I got to I got to hedge the bets here. I got to take Quintana. Take one for the team. I got to want Quintana to win. But just in case Quintana falls down, I got Van Garderen. So I've got polar opposites. So wait, wait, wait. Is your theory then that your actual next second favorite after Quintana, you don't want them to get injured so you didn't pick them? Or are you trying to inflict the super rookie curse onto Vanguardian? I don't want the super rookie curse to fall onto anybody. <laughs> However, I would we'll mind the super rookie curse if it was going to fall on someone. It would be the guy that's going to be arm wrestling my buddy. A uh-huh. little at, uh, so it's a strategic pick for the yes. slow podcast fame. I see. And I took Contador, another mm-hmm. solid pick. And I took Cavendish for the sprints. And uh, I got to admit, pretty, Cavendish... Pretty generic. Pretty generic, but I'm pretty happy. It was better than Buhani. It was better than a sprinter that I didn't even know existed that little guy took. <laughs> How did you not know who that guy was? I don't even know. He's... Look. Uh, when, when I, I thought, look at the... I thought you I look were at a the Hogan's, Eurocar fan. When I look at the... I, how do you always say his name? Cocard? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Great pick there, little good. guy. He got a lot yeah, of thanks. internet fame this week when he stole the FDJ guy's bottle and threw it into the crowd. That was pretty awesome. Why did he do that? I, <laughs> I didn't see know. that. I, don't know. I didn't see it in, in real time, so I don't. I assume it was all in either. fun and their buddies, but, uh, you know, who knows? Maybe he was <laughs> like, hey, screw you and stole this bottle. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of good stuff going on in the tour this, this year that um, I've really been enjoying, and that's uh, listening to Sean Kelly on Eurosport and not Phil and Paul. Oh, my God. I've been stuck been watching fantastic. NBC, and it's the worst. Oh, there's so many commercials. So I actually put up the Eurosport pirate feed next to the Tour de France NBC sports feed. Yeah. And the amount of commercials on the NBC sports versus Eurosport, it's like three. Yeah. It's it's ridiculous, the amount. Yeah. I believe I've, it. I can barely watch it. Like, it's it's a minute and a half of, of riding and then three or four minutes of commercials. And the minute and a half you get is, like, not the exciting parts of the races, and it's Phil and Paul yeah. blathering on about, you know, Tony oh. Greipel or somebody else that they're screwing up. Today, 
Today was the absolute worst. So it's a team time trial anyway, so it's already boring. Yeah. And then every time um, Phil – I'm sorry, Paul started talking, he was like – You couldn't tell It's all about the last like two kilometers. The last two kilometers is where the difference – and you're just like, shut up, Paul. <laughs> oh, it was bad. But anyways, today was actually a big day because Nibali I think pretty much wrote himself for the most part out of the tour. Um, this is not true. No, that's not true. I mean, yeah, it's not like five minutes down. Seconds back. I know. Yeah, they didn't. But here's the thing: is that like, guys, lost twelve seconds the other day. Yeah, yeah. Now I don't even like. I'm a Quintana fanboy. I don't know if he can make up two minutes on Chris Froome. To be honest with you, Uh, yeah, that's a lot of time. He can't. Yeah. Um, How do you think uh, Peter Sagan sitting in fourth, thirty-eight seconds down? I think the he's green got a jersey. pretty good shot at the tour, winning the you think, yellow. Yeah, he's he's probably racing for GC. You know, he you probably, he's, he's probably you just think he's doing green jersey or white jersey. I think he's doing yellow jersey. I I think he's probably doing yellow jersey. Dude, he's been in the top ten all week. Dude, he is yeah. thirty seconds up on Contador. Yeah, so see? He's team leader. I mean, I first guys week of the tour. Toad. Basically, first week of the tour is totally weird. And okay, Stybar won. Really make any judgments about the end of the tour from the first week of the tour. Stybar. Yeah, that was exciting. Stibar. But I want to uh, I want to point out that with this team oh. time trial, did you see mm-hmm. how continuing their tradition for 2015, Team Garmin Cannondale sucked it up and finished 12th. <laughs> like they was- did terribly. Like. Where, that was pretty surprising. They used to always Maybe. win. Like, every team time trial was like, oh, well, Garmin's going to destroy everyone. I mean, I know they don't have uh, you know what? David I, Miller I, and all these guys, but, like, come on. I know. What you're, I, know I know. That was sad. But it wasn't as sad as watching the six-man Orica Green Edge team just, like, struggle across. They just basically put Sven yeah. Tuft on the front, and you were worried that they weren't going to make the time cut. Like, it was to the point that you're just like, oh. It was they awesome only lost that. three minutes. This isn't too bad. They lost five minutes, but... Five minutes. Did um, they? Yeah. Oh, no, maybe. But maybe they lost three to the next team. But they lost three minutes to Kofidis. Yeah. That's how bad it was. But what was yeah, cool about that bad. is they all five stuck together and, you know, weren't going to let uh, homeboy Matthews with the broken ribs, like, strangle off the back and get time cut, much yeah. like the Cannondale nice. team did the other week year um oh to who to ted king yes yeah it was just oh man the team time trial is tough for me to watch like it it is a beautiful thing to see like how guys are you know doing the rotation and everything but there's no excitement because the way that they cover it on the tv it's like oh here's the next time checkpoint and you're like they're all wearing the gps computer systems like this should be very easy to calculate who's where Exactly every oh. single moment on this on this course. Of all the team time shows, this should have been the most exciting to watch with it coming. I mean, it was 62, 62 of a second or something like that. The difference between yeah, I know. Sky and just... BMC. I mean, but it is a team time show. I, I just think to your point with Nibali, I don't think it actually means anything because, yeah, his team's maybe not quite as strong at riding on flat roads. But it doesn't mean the, he's not strong. The only teams it means anything to really are FDJ uh, with Thibaut Pino and uh, and AG2R, who 
did better yeah. than I kind of thought they would, but both of those teams lost about a minute and a half. And uh, yeah, look yeah. at your your pick, JCP is three and a half minutes behind right now, which is That's probably okay. where he was this time last year. So yeah, probably. I don't know, it is it is a fun stage to watch. It's just I don't know. I'm ready for Tuesday. I'm ready to get into the mountains. I think that uh, you know we got a rest day tomorrow, so people are going to be talking about who's going where. This is right. <laughs> This is Ryan. <laughs> this is Ryan Woodall, Florida's first cyclocross national champion. You're listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. Oh wait, guys, 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 guys. We haven't even yeah. talked about um, Paolini. Going yet. places. We haven't even talked about Paolini yet, guys. Yeah, oh, Paolini. Guys. Uh. So, so first off, are we surprised that Paolini got popped for cocaine? He is the biggest hipster in the Peloton. Let's just put that out there. He's got the beard. Yeah. He's got. He's like clowning around on his phone all the time. He looks like a fun kind of guy. And you're always kind of like, how is he always on the ball so much? He's and always now, on you know, the ball. It's ball. like one of those things where you're like, oh, it's obvious in hindsight. But um, yeah. I mean, I just, oh, guys, I'm not surprised. But like I tweeted the other day, if they got Paolini on cocaine, what would they have found on Posado? Because, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Just you know Posado, just... Boonin, and uh, Paolini were hanging out the night before the tour started in uh, Netherlands, Utrecht. All they're, they're like, going to oh, find on Posado hey is a lot of body oil and glitter. <laughs> <laughs> and no form. Uh, I mean – it's really sad. Like that's like honestly, he's yeah. thirty eight years old. Like there's no more Paolini. And think about what he's done in the last two years of Milan San Remo. And yeah. little guy, you and I were talking about this offline. That it's not like it was EPO and he can you know maybe plead down for like a year suspension and just write out yeah. his supplier, right? Yeah, he won't be able to cut a deal on this one. I mean, they don't care. <laughs> like okay, okay, whatever. Like yeah, you the tour started in a college town. Yeah, you you bought it from some college kid. We all yeah. know. Yeah, oh, yeah. Man. It's a shame. But who's going to lead out Kristoff for every single spring classic? Hey, next and that year? reminds me of my other awesome Twitter joke that oh, oh Katusha really <laughs> left Kristoff behind the eight ball. Yeah, <laughs> I'll be here all late, all night, all week. Coach Tim, tip the waitresses. Coach, Coach Tim. Tim here. Coach Tim. Yeah, it's a shame, but. Maybe the B sample. We still got hope. We do. We have, have hope. So yeah. how many times has the B sample come back and like gotten someone up? I know it was because Tyler Hamilton's B sample was accidentally frozen at the Olympics, yeah. so he got to keep someone his gold might, medal. Someone might freeze his B sample incorrectly. It could happen. We can hope. Been of all few. the times we, we want someone to get off uh, of a doping. I kind of want Paulina to get off here. Like, come on, cocaine? That, who's that hurting? Well... <laughs> Uh, like seriously, yeah. it's not like cocaine during the race. Well, we don't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so you're thinking he could have like gotten some of that pot belge, mm-hmm. some of that cocaine like, Belgian mix right in the middle of the stage race just to possibly. get his heart rate going? Just mix it I mean, in. I'll, you mix I'll it think. in the bottle like Scratch Labs or whatever and, uh, <laughs> you know. That's why, the, that's why people like those Scratch Labs so mm-hmm. much. It's a, it's a good theory, actually. It's, the, it's it limited really edition flavor from Scratch Labs. It's the, the cocaine. So, 
Right. So the tour, we got the mountains coming up, and we're going into the Pyrenees. And uh, so our the the big four is it really a big five now? Chris Froome's talking about adding TJ Van Garder into this. So now we've got Contador Nibali, Froome, Quintana, and then TJ Van Garder. And you think Van Garderen's got an actual chance here to be top five, or do you think that's just classic? Um, no. Eurosport American uh, television market saying, "Oh, we need an oh. English speaker." I think he'll be top five. I mean, he's been top five twice now, right? I think well, he's obviously legitimately top five. Yeah, I, I think there's a big five for sure, and I I think uh, Van Garderen is in there. You can't leave him out at this point. Uh, but I think you are going to have to leave out one of the top four, the original big four, and insert Uran. Because that dude, yeah, yeah he is, is kind of just hanging doing around up there, and he's yeah, he's he is just hanging around. And let's be honest with TJ: is that TJ has gotten over what hurt him last year, right? Like last year was the cobble stage that like he got all like pissy and like ah, oh, this is the worst thing about bike racing. That he's kind of through the tough spot for the most part. Like now he just needs to get through the mountains, and uh, so maybe TJ is going to help me out in my Velo Games league. I really, good. I really hope TJ takes the win. I think I think Spencer's right. Me and Spencer talked about this a little last week in our uh, aborted failed episode. Is that Iran? I think if anyone put him on their Velo Games team, it's a super secret pick because he's really come through. Where didn't know to, what to expect. I mean, there's still other he, guys, he looks though. legitimate. There's still some you other know. guys that can be in the. I mean, we haven't even talked about Malima with uh, Trek Factory Racing and guessing. Yeah, he's seven. I mean, both he's of seven. you know, he's eight. Those dudes are top ten. <laughs> they are top ten, but it's like who. Which Robert Yasink is this? Is it this? Is this the Yasink who like two thousand eight, two thousand nine, who we thought was going to be a legitimate tour contender, or like any Grand Tour, or is this the guy who's been around the last three, four years since his dad died, who's like outside the top ten and like gets sick every every race? You know, true. I don't know. It's hard to know. All I, all I want out of this tour is for Valverde to fall out of the top ten. That's Really, it's yeah. a victory for me if if that happens. Well, there's that you know, too, man. Valverde could be the oh, yeah. real sleeper for Movistar. You know what was pretty cool was a uh, little guy. We were talking about the CRD. It was the guy that won from AG2R. Like that entire story of the guy that won the stage yeah. the other day for AG2R. Um, classic bike race story there. Yeah, and I haven't even had to, to, to like confirm what I feel like I heard somewhere, but that he he got a ride on AG2R just because he. He had a private sponsor who was willing to like foot the no. bill for his wages. Inner Ring oh. was talking about this the other day. Is oh, that okay. like he's got like a couple college degrees? Um, he's an entrepreneur and he has a, um, a a financial backer that was a former bike racer that called up AG Tour and said, "Hey, you need to add this guy to your team. I'll pay his wages." And AG Tour is like, "Sure." And now he has a Tour <laughs> de France victory. You know, like a stage win. That's How a- awesome is that? Yeah, it's a pretty good roll of the dice they got for a guy that they obviously didn't know anything about when he was brought to them. Because so. he was on, he was on what was the team the other day? The uh, the Suyard Jal team so, or whatever. Yeah, Sorjon, whatever. Yeah, the team, one of the French small, small, small French teams that folded in the last few years. So yeah, I mean it's pretty awesome that you know here's a guy that uh, didn't even have a contract that's getting someone to pay for him, and now he wins a stage for H E two R, which is yeah. My favorite team in the tour. That's our favorite. Um, I was bummed I didn't get to watch that in that stage. It, it was pretty cool because that stage was awesome because Nibali got dropped. Um, and oh, Froome wow. like, led kind of the, the group across, but then Sagan was there the whole time. Pretty. Sagan. That's awesome. So. <laughs> pretty Anyways, nice. so what else we got going yeah. on, guys? Well, like, um, we, had, uh, we had 
as little guy alluded to, we had recorded an episode uh, without you, Tim. Just me and little guy, which I know the fans love. That that uh, would have loved it, but but we, we had only some technical failures it. and uh, and we didn't yeah. get it. But little guy did have some Greenway stories, so I know that uh, people oh, are yeah. pretty excited about those. So they I, actually I never made it out to the public. Oh, there's another even, Greenway. I story? hadn't even remembered. I got I got two from the same ride. One is that this guy. Um, uh, on the Tuesday night ride, heading west, like a big group on the trail. The Tuesday night and tough guy ride. Tuesday night tough guy ride, and this uh, this guy ended up kind of jumping in with the group um, on a f- like late nineties full suspension mountain bike, just with bibs on, on. no shirt or anything, <laughs> um, and no tan lines. Either, back? So, yeah, oh definitely, no no tan lines. So this was <laughs> this was like an outfit that was regularly done, and he he decided that he needed he had to go faster than the group. He just had to go faster than the group, you know, and we're, and we're not going super fast, but like it's one of those things you're in the group and there's always these like few people that are like, well, this group's going like 20, 21 or something. And I got to go, I got to go 22. So he had to like jump in front of this group of like 12 of us and lead us out on the greenway, like arrow tucked on the full suspension mountain bike. Um, <laughs> so he was pacing us real nice and fast. And as he did that, um, a rider, with with more 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 expensive stuff than um obviously skills decided to pass us and he had to get past us and beat us to the next stop sign and he did and then he promptly couldn't unclip and fell over <laughs> did you laugh or did you wave at him i i giggled i giggled <laughs> I it was pretty funny like at what point Spencer, maybe you can be the uh, you know maybe we need to crowdsource this. Mm-hmm. Do we wave or like because we say at the end like wave at your fellow spandex wearing you know nerds right like the people that are riding with us mm-hmm. and on the road. Do we wave at someone that's just wearing bibs? No, we don't. We, oh, I think we, you definitely wave. I think. No, we, that's like a backwards helmet. That's joy. <laughs> that's the best. Yeah, thing. you don't want to acknowledge like, it. You know. Because <laughs> like, I'm, no, I'm thinking if you're it. just wearing bibs without a jersey, it's, that, it's like that seeing a not... unicorn. You don't want to startle it. You know? <laughs> okay. like, so, 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 okay, rules. I don't want to scare. We'll I don't want so, it to be scared so, away. So, <laughs> I want the, it to be. I want it to be accepted. So, yeah. in the Ten Commandments of the Slow Ride Podcast, sure. If you see someone with a backwards helmet, if you see someone with the bibs under the bib straps, if you see someone just wearing bibs without a jersey. We're not supposed to say anything. We're just supposed to enjoy it no. and we move on and just embrace. Yeah. yeah. The, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Now, yeah. if you're on a group ride and maybe you see someone that's, you know, maybe not wearing a helmet or, you know, with uh, arrow bars on the group ride or something, you just kind of mention to them like, hey, you know, like you probably shouldn't be doing that on this ride. Like you take it with a, a helping hand because well, we don't yeah, want to be hey. the total elitist podcast. Like, Thanks for help coming some- out. It's rad that you're here. Like. Next time we Go don't away. usually do this, but you know, okay. FYI. So, so, so we're drawing the, the distinct line that if you're wearing a backwards helmet, bib straps over the jersey, or no jersey, you're not on the. Group. We're making fun of you, like, <laughs> yeah. like where there is no wave, there is no. See, I don't think I, I don't think those things. What you just mentioned, I don't think I would mention those if I was with somebody. Right. Um, but, but if, if somebody showed up onto a ride, I was. Like going on, like to come on the ride, I would probably tell them to put their he- their helmet on correctly, like the yeah. correct direction. <laughs> yeah, but if they didn't have a helmet, but if they didn't have a helmet, I that's fine. Yeah. I don't care if they have a helmet, but if they have it, I want it to be on their head the correct direction. <laughs> yeah, and I and I would and I would probably tell them that the jersey so, goes over the bibs. So so this guy 
couldn't clip out of his pedals and, and tips over in front of you. And that is pretty funny. Reminded it, me not just me, like a group of twelve that he had to just pass. That, that he had that's to blow past. What I think really right. he makes it is that he he was like he had to be past us. <laughs> Did you go up next to him and be like, uh, oh, hmm, Shimano's. <laughs> that's what you get. <laughs> and then just keep no, riding. But as he stood up he, he said, Well that hurts. Did he scuff his Rafa shorts or what? I he might have scuffed his Rafa shorts. Yeah. So that reminds me of, uh, you know, everybody has to start somewhere. Um, and maybe this guy jumped the gun a little bit by getting the Rafa shorts and everything. But, uh, you know, <laughs> you my, I mean, some, of my first, some of my first rides ever on clipless pedals were maybe not the smartest idea. Um, yeah, we've all know, been there. We've all tipped over. Yeah, we have a lot of rides that weren't the smartest idea. Like when we all wore jeans on our first long road ride. <laughs> Yeah, like I'm not wearing spandex. I'm going 60 miles in jeans. Fixed gear. Woohoo! Right. Well, I started learning how to ride uh, clipless pedals in winter in Minneapolis on a fixed gear bike with no brakes, being a messenger downtown. So that didn't end well. Several times that didn't end well. Um, But yeah, you know, you got to start somewhere. So good for that guy, I guess. Yeah. It's true. You know, I mean, I, I want to make fun, but it happens to right. everybody. Typically, you too. tip over. Those twelve guys see you. They say, "Oh, hey, you know, thumbs the brakes," and <laughs> and that's it. Nobody remembers it. You know, the twelve guys don't remember it. He he eventually forgets about his embarrassment. Usually, it's not recorded onto a podcast. It goes out to thousands of yeah. people. Oh, um, thousands. So, so unfortunately, Especially during for the tour this resting. guy, he's he's pretty screwed. But most of the time, we all just start somewhere, so it's fine. Yeah. Yeah, so like now true. that we're like twenty minutes, thirty minutes into this podcast, I think now is like when the the people that were listening to this podcast just like, oh, it's tour rest day. I don't know what I'm going to do in my cubicle. Oh, I'll just listen to podcasts like Google. Soul ride. That sounds amazing. They probably turned it off at this point. Um, no, maybe. I mean, they don't have anything else to do. In the it is the rest day. I mean, there's a lot of not not a lot of things to pay attention to. You know. Anyways, guys, what are you going to watch the news? We did get two it's reviews. No um, so I want to. We got two five star reviews. I'll, I'll read really? the first one. We'll read the the, the second one later. <laughs> on uh, July eighth, it was "Don't be that guy that doesn't give this podcast a shot." Oh, slow ride podcast is what you'd want your podcast to be if you had a podcast on cycling, unscripted, uh, nice. genuine, and mostly funny, oh. except maybe some some of the parts from the little guy. Uh, <laughs> Entertaining so perspectives on racing and bike uh, culture uh, worth a listen. <laughs> That was from so okay, but could have been better. I don't, I don't know the name. So look, it's okay. I think that they're just joking around with you. They're just pulling your chain. <laughs> it could have been. Uh, okay. was, little guy is any, like quickly chance, like the most hated man on the podcast. Yeah. But. Any chance that this was Graham before he learned before he listened to an episode without little guy? Maybe though? you know the, the the thing is here though is that <laughs> of all the people that like gets the most flack on the podcast, you don't expect it would be the little guy. But everyone what? seems to be like, well, little guy, God, I don't know. God, he, does he like anybody? Like well, he's so sarcastic. He hates think, everybody. I'm like, well, like I'm the, not the heel here. Like you know, most well, people are like, I hate Tim. Like, now my theory is, get yeah, him off the podcast. Every, everybody hates Tim, so that that goes without saying. And everybody loves Spencer, yeah. so that goes without saying. So the uh, real controversy uh, is over yeah. whether or not you like yeah. Little. All right, and the last review that we got, this I'm one's good. Look okay, at this review comes from TJ Van Garderen's arm wrestling coach. Oh. <laughs> Best cycling pod out there. The hard-hitting industry insider news and views make for great listening. Now, if you just focus a bit more on fat bike gravel grinders, I think the podcast would be perfect. Keep up the great work. 
and the amount of homework done between shows is noticeable and appreciated. <laughs> Uh-oh. That is an right. underhanded dig. <laughs> that may be the most uh, Minnesota nice podcast review possible. I really yeah. like your guys' podcast. It's yeah, horrible. Clear you've been reading a lot between weeks. Yeah. Uh-huh. Good. Yeah, anyways. We basically so just run like off that. Greenway stories and old messengers' tales. That's, yeah. That's yeah. Cool. So... All right, are we still on track for Tour de France, um, and who's going to win? So, so, Spencer, one weekend, who do you got to take the title? I uh, I, uh, I want to still say Contador, but I really don't think it's going to happen. And I, I refuse to say Froome. I think Froome's just looking too good right but now, I guys. Even, I, I, I even yeah. more refuse to say TJ, so I'm really in a pickle here. I really think Froome's looking too good. Trust me, I want Quintana to win. Yeah. Um, if anybody has a chance to take on Froome, it is going to be Quintana. I don't think Contador is going to be able to respond um, so I many days through in the mountains. But um, I kind of agree Froome, with you. Froome is looking good. And the only reason I think Quintana can pull it off is that he's going to do some crazy attacks. And that if Quintana doesn't win, Quintana will finish like 7th, 8th place. Um, yeah, I think he'll be on the podium. I think Nibali is going to do some crazy attacks Nibali and finish seventh. Is got the I want him to be up there, yeah. but I think he's going to go big, and he's, okay. and then he's going to crack big. Any surprises, gonna... like little guy though, like some Estonian I mean, that we don't know about that might be in the, the top no, ten. Man. Some guy that we're going to be like, oh yeah, I remember that guy. Then when he gets busted three years from now, like who's going to be no, the? I just think the surprise is going to be Iran in that. I mean, we all knew he was a good GC rider, and we all knew that he could be up there in a race like the Tour. Obviously, he's been up there in the Giro, but that, like, mm-hmm. he wasn't on anyone's radar coming into this race, you know? He was I'm... just sort of written off, and then he, yeah. and then it was like, oh, he's on the start list, and he wasn't talked about, and he's still barely being talked about. I mean, yeah. like, you read all the cycling press, and it just talks about the the big four and then the TJ, and you forget that there's a guy that's been second twice in the Giro there, you yeah. know? Yeah. A guy, a guy who was pretty close to Quintana. Yeah. in the Giro last year and now he's in the tour and he's seems to be in good shape and we're not he's barely getting mentioned in the why, same why do you think he's not getting mentioned is it because he was at the Giro and people are just like oh we kind of knew he was there and he didn't perform well at the Giro so therefore I do I feel I feel like people ha- I mean I feel like generally cycling journalism especially places like cycling news have a pretty short yeah. like um, well, attention span when it comes to people people have a a bad race and they sort of disappear for a little yeah. bit and they get written off like well, the there, narrative especially with like non-english speaking writers yeah. the narrative well, there's so many is like they had a bad race, in they the dis- pan you know like you get so many you're going to be the next grand tour guy and then they fade away really fast that if you have two good seasons and then you you start to have a bad one, it's like, oh, yep, write him off. He's not the That's not going to be the next big guy, you know. Pino's not around anymore. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, there are, I okay. mean, there have been a lot of like flash in the pan. I mean, think of even like which one. Like, I can't even remember which one of the Velitz brothers finished on the podium at the Volta. <laughs> yeah, like four years ago. Like. And obviously, like he finished on the podium in the Volta. Like that doesn't just happen, you or know. Your, or your you have to have some good Volta winner. Kobo, Kobo, I can I can give you the narrative. Of Kobo, Kobo was consistent. He had some problems, but he was consistently good. Uh-huh. It wasn't a total flash in the pan. No. But yes, I know what you're saying. He was a flash in the pan that he got it together one time. So you know. So Iran yeah. being the the story, sure, I, I agree. I think that that could be a surprise, but really, it's not a surprise. And I and I think you guys it's are not. totally it's hitting true. totally true. hitting it on on point. 
Um, I don't think there's any surprise in this race. There's too many. There was yeah, like just, going in. It's still there was exciting. Too many credible GC riders that there's no. Well, it's no talk about credibility, little guy. That stage uh, two days ago when the AG2R rider won it, and you see yeah. Froome kind of attacking. Like there was not enough room for some of these guys. Like Dan Martin said that like, oh, I got boxed in, and Dan Martin gets like second, right, five seconds down. And like he's like, oh, I got boxed in. Well, look at who boxed him in. It was like the entire top ten of world of riders in the world. I mean, they were yeah. all there. It was pretty exciting to see. Um, so well, it's true. It's like what we said earlier. I mean, like looking at this start list, somebody who who usually goes into a grand tour and would be upset if they finished outside the top five and super bummed if they finished outside the top ten is going to end up like sixteenth. You know, I mean, it's like there's so many good. Good so, GC riders that even like the the regular like people who could challenge top ten at the Volta are like top twenty here at the best, you know. So off your top of your guys' head, do you guys know who's in the Lantern Rouge in last place right now at the Tour de France? Man, is it Michael Matthews? I have it no is idea. Michael Matthews. He's an hour oh. and sixteen minutes down. He's three minutes yeah. um, down on Alex Dowsett, who's in one hundred and eighty fourth place. Hmm. So oh, I'm surprised uh, at that. Uh, thumbs up or down, guys, on the uh, Tinkoff Saxo camouflage jersey. Down, really down. far down. Boo. I hate everything. Boo! Everybody, um, write in how mad they are that I hate everything. I'm not, I'm not a big fan on that one. I, I I agree. I will say that you know what kit I'm actually becoming more of a fan of, and I kind of am embarrassed by this, but I like the tasteful use of high vis green, and that's the Katusha kit. With the um, the, how they work, how they use the Katusha uses the high vis green booties on the the shoes, just <laughs> yeah, exactly. the perfect amount of high vis green. It's actually kind of cool because they look like a high vis Christmas tree. Yeah, like it's just like a, it's, it's tastefully done. I kind of like it. Wait, wait, did you you just equated um, high high vi, high vis anything <laughs> and a Russian team with tasteful? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I understand the irony here. Yeah, interesting. Um, and, and this is the same team that just had uh, a rider test positive for cocaine, right? Classy, very, very classy. much so. Yeah, the so, kind of real yeah. upper crust thing. Okay. <laughs> well, guys, I don't really uh, have. Do you much... know? Do you know that Katusha has a caviar sponsor? No, they don't. Do they? No, I, I, I guarantee you, you can find the pictures on the internet of like multiple of the riders like eating the caviar, posing for little photos with their caviar sponsor. <laughs> They're sponsored by like a you know like a bunch of like Russian companies all rolled into one monster caviar. So are they like Astana but JV like yeah. JV Astana yeah. at this yeah. point? <laughs> like it's just like it's put the in the, like because we kind of like no yeah, one really hates like Katusha the amount of. That we hate on Astana, but they're just as bad. Like, they kind of, like... They are, but how can you call them JV? Look at all the stuff they won this year. I know, but they're JV and, like... like, I mean, Astana, everyone's talking about, like, ooh, Vinokurov, Lars Boom. Like, there's lots of dirtiness going on. And then, like, Katusha, it's like, yeah, you got cocaine, but whatever. Yokam Rodriguez is going to go out there and win the stage. Yeah. Yeah, I think Katusha's doing it right. Like, they're they're pulling off all the wins, and and they're... they're like kind of a shady, weird team. They're run by Ekima, for God's sakes. And we're not talking about them for the most part. Like everyone's concentrating, like you said, on Astana and um, all their like misdeeds. The thing is, Astana's just like sloppy oh, with half so this crap. There's so many weird guys with misdeeds. Like how Akovitz of BMC, Jim Akovitz or whatever, yeah, that's, the that's former the director of USA Cycling has gotten off yeah. on like all this. Right. And now he's like... 
oh yeah, he's just running the team, and you're and like, that's, that's how's that even possible? Actually, like, brings up something in the the article I read today on on Cycling News uh, about the team time trial. It, it had a line that stuck out to me, jumped out, where it said T.J. Van Garderen. Uh, looked set to become the first American to wear the yellow jersey in the Tour de France since Floyd Landis. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> that's interesting. And then I yeah. thought about it for a second more, and I was like, oh, Floyd is on Phonak. And I was like, wait, Phonak just turned into BMC. And I was like, yep, wait. same team. Oh, my God. And uh, it was like this weird moment of clarity that I hadn't really <sighs> thought about. And Yeah. Hey, so we haven't really talked about this, but what do you think Floyd Landis is doing right now? Because he's got, like, a multi-million dollar payday, like, around the quarter. I'm sure it's going to be delayed for, like, three or yeah, four years. Yeah, it's going to be delayed for like, a long time. I'm what do you thinking, think? Like, do you think he's riding bikes at all? Like, we got to be able to get a no. foot right? I think no, he bought, he's not riding bikes. I think he bought a fur coat. A fur and coat? A, and a Lincoln. And a Lincoln. And so he's just Matthew McConaughey just, I like, rolling around the city. Maybe. Maybe. I'm thinking he probably has a beard because it's pretty in style. Um, and he's just like, you think he's showing it. up on group rides though? Like, like, no, like, honestly, no, like, no, no but no. like, I, I have I this vision, like how awesome he, would it be if like Floyd Landis is like, screw it. I'm going to go to the group ride in Tulsa. No, and he's no, just no, like no, shows no, up no. to Tulsa and he's like, I'm thinking, no. I think I'm thinking he's if, got a Kawasaki motorcycle. And he's <laughs> out in the woods. Yeah. If he rides bikes at all, he's like went into downhill or something just weird, you know, like yeah. where you can just yeah. be Floyd, you know? Ah, uh, guys, I, how awesome would it be if just Floyd Landis showed up on your group ride? Like, just kind of the weird guy. Maybe he has long hair. And, you know, a beard. He's got some, like, braided beard, maybe. I don't know. Just hanging braided out. And you're like, beard. oh, who's this guy? And he's just on the front hammering it. And he's drinking, like, 16 water bottles. Oh, it'd be awesome. Just pouring one over his head, though, every every 10 minutes. <laughs> every 10 minutes. You know the thing about yep. Floyd, though, that I think is still funny uh, and this obviously is not new information, but that he is like, yeah, yeah, I did all this stuff. I did the blood bags. I did the EPOs. I did everything. I did all the shit that you could do. But the shit they busted me for on that day, on that <laughs> stage, I didn't do that. Yeah, no, that is kind of <laughs> weird. To this day, is still like, but guys, seriously, I didn't fucking do that. I, 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 I like how he's like, I know I have zero credibility, but seriously, like that one, and then it makes you believe it even more. Like It does. Yeah. Like they really well, maybe just that's after the logic. Yeah. Conspiracies, man. Bush did 9-11. Yep. Yeah, well, Tyler Hamilton's twin is my favorite cyclist. Mm. So um, anyway, guys, awesome time. I'm happy that we finally got to get together to do this. Um, we yeah, hope to do a couple more of these during the Tour de France this is always our most listened to episode. Uh, we'd like to thank all of our listeners, especially those that tweet us at the Slow Ride Pod. Um, lots of tweets, too many to even mention this week, but mm-hmm. lots of pictures, people adding us, uh, thinking of us about, uh, you know, for example, when Tony Martin was the 16th ever Yellow Jersey winner to retire during the race. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you know, lots of, lots of cool things getting pointed out to us. So mm-hmm. that's always cool. So thank you for that. Absolutely. And then also subscribe to us on iTunes. Leave us a review. It helps us in our rankings and getting more listeners. We were at one time the number one podcast on the amateur charts, but we've slipped down to like number 84 at this point. But we are beating Fat Bike Radio. And most importantly, the number one thing that we can say to anybody that's out there riding their bikes is, you know what? Just wave to the other um, spandex-wearing clown that's on the other side of the road. I mean, to me, that's that's pretty important. I always try to wave. So just do that Mm -hmm. because you don't want to be that guy. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't. Um, yeah. One important reminder, 16th stage is coming up. Oh, We yeah, do have a contest right. going for the 16th place on the 16th stage of the Tour de France, so tweet us your picks. Uh, don't forget to use the hashtag, hashtag 16th place, because it auto-populates the spreadsheet, and I don't want to have to do more work than I have yeah. to. Yeah, you got to use the, the hashtag, auto-populates the spreadsheet. Mm-hmm. So, little guy, yep. what to you are you looking forward to the most in the next week at the Tour de France? I don't know. Hills. Just Hills. Just hills. That's all. Hills. I just want to see people go uphill. Uh, I am highly. I, I can't wait to the motor. My favorite scene is when the motorcycle is zooming in at the numbers of the riders falling off the back of the climb. When one is pop, when more and more people are getting popped off the back. I don't care who it is. The first person yeah. that's going to be popped off the back that will be of notice will be like Zednik Stybar because he's still sitting in the top ten. Mm-hmm. And then you'll see, you know, some of these other guys. That you're like, ah, oh, there goes Kiwakowski because he's a world champion. So of course they're going to zoom in on him. Mm-hmm. But the biggest thing I'm the most excited for is the Thomas Vokler tongue as he searches yeah. for a new contract in yeah. 2016. This week is the week that it happens. I got to say one of my favorite things of just reading the live the re, like the cycling news live feed while I was at work last week and stuff was some one time they just wrote like when Tommy Vokler attacked for the first time in the tour and it just said Tommy Vokler's first attack of the tour. Yeah. And that was like one of my favorite moments. <laughs> it's just that. like oh good. Good. I know he's in there. I hadn't done anything. I'm glad he's still giving it a go. Yeah. All right. Yeah, well, seems he should be attacking in this next week. Should how about you, Spencer? What are you looking um, forward to this week? So I'm looking forward to some crazy Alberto Contador attacks, uh, which I think are coming. But even more so, I'm looking forward to some really, really crazy Nibali descending. It's Ooh. It's going to you know, be sure. outrageous. You know, we haven't even talked about it. And I know that we just did the outro, he's but gonna, real quick. He's going to push through him. As much as I want Nibali to uh, win, my, my biggest fear is that Nibali is going to be able to outclimb these guys, but he's not going to be able to descend with them. So, like, even Quintana. if he has a one-minute gap, yeah, Quintana. Quintana. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. even if Quintana has a one-minute, one and a half-minute gap on over some of these mountains, the descent down in, especially on stage sixteen mm-hmm. into gap. He's not a bad descender. I know he like <sighs> lost he's not. once on the descent, and that's made you really fearful. But like, he's not Nibali. But like, none of these guys are are going to be able to descend with. With with Nibali, you know, yeah. Sure. Though you know, you know what bodes well is the way Bardet uh, was descending <laughs> at the Dauphine. Who was the guy? From, <laughs> who, was the guy from, it, yeah. who was the guy from Barlow yeah. World? Remember Barlow World? Uh, yeah, that's not that, who's the guy that like fell off the side of the mountain? Oh, um, remember that? That was pretty awesome. Jean, Jean Lee Augusta. Jean Lee Augusta. Yeah, what right? happened to him? I think he got popped for something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just uh, look it up. How sad is we, that? That's our like, default answer. So, anyways, we can end it on that, and I'm probably wrong, but I feel like that's what. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Slow Ride Podcast, and we'll wrap at you next week. All right. Okay. Till next bye. week. Don't be there again. The Slow Ride Podcast: Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod.